It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Roddy takes the snap. He'll look to the right side. He's throwing deep again. Going to the end zone. Up in the air. Touchdown, Eskimos! Adarius Bowman. Hey, that's three. From Carpat and Finland, Jesse Pujarvi. He takes the snap and J.C. Sherritt goes over the top. The Eskimo defense has done it. Eskimos win the football game. It is short. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chet. Yeah, let's go indeed. The Eskimos getting ready to go. They will be home on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium on Saturday, taking on the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and we are getting you ready for that one. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630. Chad, we are going to dive right in and welcome Eskimos linebacker Dion Lacey to the program. Dion, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Just relaxing right now. Well, thanks for making time for me. You were on hold there during the intro. You uh, you heard Morley Scott calling your defense stuffing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to win the game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and I don't know if you'd heard that call before, if you've watched a lot of replays, but what do you remember about that dramatic play? Uh, the main thing I remember was guys saying, watch the ball, come off hard and come low. <laughs> How hard is it to stop a quarterback sneak in the in the CFL when they need a yard or less? Oh, it's really hard. Uh, you know, you got the big offensive lineman guys, most Centers and guards in this league are 350 plus, so this is really hard to uh, get that push. But we got the push, and uh, he tried to come off the edge, and we 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 still made it. And JC came over the top and held him back. Well, you got the big win, and then you guys went on to beat uh, Winnipeg last week. Dion, I got to ask you: you started those first couple of games. Ottawa, in an overtime game, was able to score 45. Uh, another overtime game against Saskatchewan, they were able to score 36. And then you hold Winnipeg to to 16 last week. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, I talk to fans all the time. There was some criticism, some worry about the defense. How do, how do you see the state of the Eskimos' defense right now looking at those first three games? Uh, we're just getting better every week. Uh, you know, we've got new guys coming in, everybody trying to gel together and, and get ready for every week. And coaches putting a good game plan every week. You know, sometimes we have a few busts here and there, but we have to eliminate those. And once we did that against Winnipeg, it was hard for them to score against us. I mean, was there, do you think when you played Winnipeg in terms of allowing fewer points, was it just better execution? Was it fewer mistakes, like you mentioned? Were, were they just maybe not as dangerous on offense? What what, what was the change against the Bombers? Uh, with the Bombers, you know, they, they run most of their offense through uh, Harris, and we uh, eliminated him away from their uh the offensive scheme, and so we put it all in, in Willie's hands, and uh, we got a pick on him. And after that, he it, it went down here for them. Dion Lacey, Eskimos linebacker, joining us inside sports on six thirty. Chet, 
What's been the biggest change, if if anything, uh, with Mike Benavides now as your defensive coordinator? Because obviously Chris Jones was your head coach and your D coordinator the last couple of years. Big changes under Benavides, different approach. What can you tell us? Uh, coach Benavides is a great coach. And um, he teaches us more of the game and uh, more of our position and what we need to do. And, and what if we... Uh, Say if we had call a blitz or anything like that, he give us the details of why we're doing this blitz. If anybody's out of place or anything like that, then we have explosion plays, and and we had that against Ottawa. We, we called a couple blitzes and uh, we got caught out of you know, out of a uh, position, and then they made a couple big plays on us. Right. Tell me a little bit about your role, Dion. This is your your third year uh, with the Edmonton Eskimos. And, you know, I, th- I think probably fair to say, I mean, I know you played a lot and you've been on special teams, but fair to say you have a bigger role this year than maybe the last couple of years? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm a, I'm a starter now, so I have to be more ready, more game ready as far as uh, knowing my opponent, you know. But my first two years with Eskimos, I didn't really uh, know what I was going to really do for the team when I was uh, backing up Dex, which is a great linebacker that I played behind, so, and uh, Coach Jones came to me and told me, uh, you have to dominate special teams when you're supposed to be a guy on the field playing on this defense. So, I uh, took what I, took what they gave me and, and ran with it. Well, I mean, you're playing pretty well, and and, uh, and and certainly you contribute on special teams as well. Tell me a little bit about your, your football past, because I'm always curious uh, the road guys took to the Canadian Football League. Where did, where did you grow up, Dion, and how old were you when you started playing football? I grew up in a city called Bryan, Alabama. It's a small city in uh, Jefferson County, and um, I was mostly a basketball player. I was a really good basketball player coming up. But I didn't get introduced to football until I was 13. So in Pee Wee Ball, that's like the last year you can play Pee Wee Ball, and then you go straight to high school when you're 14. I was mostly uh, scared to tackle, if you can believe it or not, when I was first starting because I didn't really know the game far as the fundamentals and how to tackle. I used to shirt tackle people and let them run past me and then grab their jerseys and sling them down because I didn't really know how to form tackle. And then after that, I went to high school, had a great high school coach, Coach Jeff Smith, and I had a great D-line coach with uh, Coach Russell. Uh, and those guys uh, really taught me the game, and I really had the opportunity to help that organization over there in Hiritown High School. And we uh, we did pretty well. We didn't ever go past second round, and then I got to college, and I did pretty well there. And now I'm, I tried to, you know, try my rounds in, um, in the NFL with the Cowboys. It didn't work out, so I ended up here in the well, first of all, you're right. I'm surprised to hear that you were scared to tackle because uh, you've never struck me. <laughs> you've always yeah. struck me as the type of guy who enjoys enjoys hitting the ball carrier. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, I'm a basketball guy. Yeah, you know, so I don't really get <laughs> really get touched that much, you know, unless I'm driving to the basket. What's what's the football culture like in Alabama? I mean, is there even a second favorite sport? Is it just all football all the time? Uh, the second favorite sport, of course, is basketball. But football is hard nosed. It's hard love down there, and uh, it's just like I don't know. No, Alabama is not like a, a state where it has a professional team or anything. College is professional ball in the state of Alabama. Right. Um, tell me how you who first contacted you to come play with the Eskimos, and, and what did you know about the CFL at the time? 
Uh, it was Paul Jones. He came to see me at um, at University of West Alabama. I didn't know anything about CFL at the time, but I seen you know a couple players on the wall in the in the field house that played CFL. I never really knew until he came down and um, me and Coach sat down and we watched a few games of Edmonton. Uh, that that season at the end of that season, and I seen how the game was kind of faster, the motions and stuff like that was a little different. Well, was that the biggest adjustment for you? Yeah, that was the biggest adjustment was the motions and being ready to, to go on a receiver that probably runs a four three coming off a of waggle. You know, that's that's kind of intense. You got to be ready for that. You got better be ready to run after you get that first contact. That's if you get it. Eskimos linebacker Dion Lacey joining us inside sports on 6.30. Ched, the Eskimos will play Hamilton coming up on uh, Saturday. We'll have it for you on Ched. 3.30 pregame show. The kickoff will be at 5. Dion, you, you made some uh, headlines last season when you had that little exchange with Bo Levi Mitchell. I've never got to talk to you about that. What What's uh, what's the deal there? Do you just not like shaking hands in general, or was that something personal with, with Bo Levi? No, that's just, they, they was the... The, you know, the defending champs at the time. So uh, if you want to be a champ, you have to attack the champ. That's, that's the way my mindset got towards the that beginning of that year. And uh, I told the guys, like, uh, we got to, you know, bring a demeanor about ourselves like we want this. We got to let them know that we want this, even though we lost that first game to them. But they knew we was coming back for another dogfight the next game. So, And it showed. Okay, so that was just you trying to send a, a, a bit of a message. You, you just—I don't want to pick on you about it because I know you've talked before. But in general, in general, you don't object to to handshakes or anything like that. No, it's nothing like that. It's just uh, you know, both. He's a good player. I have—I have, don't have anything against him or nothing like that. But at the time, it was almost personal because we lost to him five times. So every time we lost to him, I took the to heart and I hated it because you know they're the rivalry team. So. As you lose to a team five times, it, it kind of gets to you. And it's time to, you have to put your foot down and let them know it's not going to be what you think it's going to be this year. Yeah. Well, you guys beat them a couple times later that season and obviously a pretty convincing win in the, uh, in the West Final last season. What's been your favorite part about living in Edmonton and playing for the Eskimos, Dion? Uh, the favorite part is um, playing the games. <laughs> Enjoying the fans. When we come out of the tunnel, is my favorite part of the game. Other than the end, we check the W. But coming out of the tunnel and seeing all the fans uh, cheer for us as we come out, I really love that. Right on. All right, give me a thought or two about Hamilton. Uh, I look at them, Dion, and say they're a dangerous team, but a different team with Masoli instead of Kalaros at quarterback. What would you say about the Hamilton Tiger Cats? Oh, uh, yeah. With, uh, when they had Zach, you know, there was more of a threat as far as, like, um, the quarterback scrambling out, throwing these crazy no-look passes and completing these down-the-field bombs out of nowhere. Nobody's expecting him to throw, but with but with the quarterback they have now, it's a little different. And um, we have to approach the game as a professional and not like, oh, he's just a backup. No, because it's professional ball. You have to prepare yourself and be ready because they can win the game just as well as we can. Well, and, and I guess an issue for you guys, and I had DeAnthony Batiste and Tony Washington in, in studio with me on Friday, the day after you guys beat the Bombers, and I kind of jokingly said to the offensive guys, you know, there's no rule against scoring points in the, in the first quarter. Um, what, what's yeah. the, def, the defense's mindset when, when they've seen the offense struggle out of the gate a little bit? Get them back to the ball quick as we can because we know the type of offense we have. 
because we know these guys can score. Sometimes it takes a little time. Sometimes it don't. But when it has that point where it takes them taking the, the offense a little time to get going, the defense bow up and we try to hold them to less points as we can. Right on. Well, Dion, thanks for making time for us on Inside Sports. It was great to introduce you to the fans uh, a little bit. Really appreciate your insight, and we're glad to have you here in green and gold, man. All the best uh, rest of the week at practice and, of course, at the game on Saturday. Uh, thank you. That is Dion Lacey checking in tonight, linebacker for your Edmonton Eskimos. And as he mentioned, certainly playing a bigger role this season. He was behind Dexter McCoyle on the depth chart the last couple of seasons. You know how excellent uh, McCoyle was. He was the most outstanding rookie. Made a lot of huge plays over his two years with the green and gold. He's getting a look in the NFL, and Dion Lacey slides right in there. Was uh, trying to send a message. I was asking about the no handshake thing with uh, Bo Levi Mitchell last season. I don't know if that uh, message was necessarily uh, received by, by Bo Levi Mitchell, who at the time had been dominating the Eskimos, but the green and gold have turned the tables a little bit now. You can always text here on Inside Sports by uh, going to 630-630 on your smartphone. The open line is 780-496-0063. The Eskimos getting ready for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and of course... Some injuries to deal with. Morley Scott will have those updates. We're also going to tell you when we get back about a really cool auction we have going on on 630Ched.com that can get you involved in the Oil Country Championship at the Glendale. That's when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, Mike Riley getting ready for Hamilton on Saturday night. Thanks for Dion Lacey for joining us tonight. I've got a uh, tweet here to my account, at Reed Wilkins, on the old Tweety Box. From Daniel in Sylvan Lake, he says, Thanks, Reed. Dion Lacey's my favorite Eskimo. I love his enthusiasm. I'm so glad he's been given more time on the field. That is from Daniel from Sylvan Lake. Of course, you can always text 630-630, and uh, you can uh, phone 780-496-0063. Okay. Chris says, and Chris, I am just typing in something to double-check the exact verbiage of something. Chris has texted in, uh, Hey, Reed, I realize Grimes and McCoyle have an NFL opportunity. If they cannot make it there, do the Eskimos still have their rights? With Grimes, they do not. The Eskimos do. Uh, or sorry, they wouldn't. Here, I, I want to double-check that. Uh, I'm just finding this from a story that the uh, Edmonton Journal had. Because I don't know if you remember that, that McCoyle wanted out of his contract early. There was some confusion last year about the length of McCoyle's contract with Edmonton. The dispute was settled after meetings involving the player, the CFL, and the Players Association. The Eskimos agreed to let McCoyle attempt to sign with an NFL team until May 1st, 2016. If he was unsuccessful by that time, he would return to the Eskimos for the 16 and 17 season. So I just wanted to confirm that. Norm Cowley uh, wrote that back in January. So yeah, actually the answer with McCoyle is no as well, Chris. They would be uh, free agents if they don't wind up sticking with their 
with their uh, – with their NFL team. So, yeah, the Eskimos were working that out with McCoy saying, okay, fine, we will let you go. We'll give you we'll give you the benefit of trying to find a new team by May 1st. But if you can't, then we're going to put all this to bed and you're an Eskimo for the next two years. So, yeah, there's no more option year thing in the Canadian Football League where uh, a, a guy could go down to the NFL and then if he got cut, he immediately comes back to the same CFL team. Now the guys uh, would be free agents. So they could use Grimes... There's uh, there's no doubt about that, and I mean, look, they could obviously use uh, use McCoyle because he's outstanding. Though I think Lacey is playing pretty well. McCoyle, kind of a a freakishly special athlete, just with his length and his ability to line up in multiple positions. Aaron Grimes, of course, uh, trying out at cornerback for the Philadelphia Eagles. So a couple of things to keep an eye on there. Hey, uh, I want you to keep an eye on something going on on 630Ched.com. The ultimate fan experience. You get to golf with Jordan Everly at the upcoming Syncrude Oil Comp- uh, Country Championship. It's going to be at the Glendale next week. So the Celebrity Pro-Am is on Monday, and you and two friends will get to play around with Jordan Everly. And Grant Fewer. How about that? You'll be assigned caddies for the day. You get an Adidas gift package, and uh, you get to go to the uh, the uh, Pro-Am VIP reception and dinner. So, for more information, go to 630Ched.com. You just scroll down a little bit and check out the current bed, uh, the current bidding. The uh, auction goes until 4 o'clock on Friday. The current high bid is $905. You have to increase the bid by at least 5 bucks at a time. So you can golf with Everly and fewer. Pretty cool, cool stuff. And the Oil Country Championship at the Glendale coming up uh, next week. So the Pro-Am is Monday. The golf will be Thursday through Friday. I know there's a media day coming up uh, on Friday, so I'll be attending that as well to start getting you prepared. Going to be a cool, very cool event, part of the McKenzie Tour. That's actually, you know, basically PGA Tour Canada. Uh, and all proceeds by the way, from the auction. We'll support the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation, and they are directing proceeds to some other solutions, SOS, for crisis prevention in Fort McMurray. So there we go. Excellent stuff. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Our studio producer, Bernard Suen. Bernard, how's it going, old boy? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, speaking of golf... You can go to my Twitter account or you can go to the 630Ched YouTube page or the video section on 630Ched.com. Episode 5 of Discover the Quarry. We're featuring the quarry all week long or uh, all summer long on 630Ched.com. Wonderful golf course in northeast Edmonton, the quarryedmonton.com if you want more information. I'm uh, having another golf lesson tomorrow with Director of Golf Taylor Sinsky. I've been lamenting my golf game on this uh, radio program through most of the summer. Bernard, I have my irons figured out a little bit. Yep. Off the tee, useless. <laughs> Played around at the quarry last week. Great course, first of all. Really fair for all levels of golfer, even bad golfers like me. Couldn't drive the ball. Well, I'm a terrible golfer. I tried it once. You're probably better than I am. <laughs> no, I think you are better than me. Well, we'll see. Maybe we'll play for money someday. Probably. say, 50 bucks a hole? Yeah. I'm starting to feel like I might be better than you, even though I'm horrible. I think you're better than me. I just think so. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to keep rolling along tonight. Going to be a fun show. Morley Scott coming up, play-by-play voice for your Edmonton Eskimos. I think he's been filling in on the morning show this week. He's probably getting ready for bed. Kevin Carius 
Now a Wednesday regular here on Inside Sports. He'll be in studio from 7 to 8, and Kevin and I together will talk to former U of A Golden Bear forward Brett Ferguson, now getting a chance to play pro in France. We'll develop that story for you as well. The Blue Jays won this afternoon. One big, knocked off Arizona 10-4. Now just uh, one game back of Baltimore in the American League East, and the Yankees lead Baltimore 2-0. That game is in the fifth inning. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, good to have you along for the ride tonight. It is 633. Brad Richards retiring today, two-time Stanley Cup champion, also won the Conn Smythe with Tampa Bay in 2004, also grabbed the Stanley Cup in 2015 with the Chicago Blackhawks. Reed Wilkins with you. We had Dion Lacey on off the top of the show, Edmonton Eskimos linebacker, head coach Jason Moss, who was pretty emotional as a player himself, talked about Lacey controlling his emotions. Every day as a leader uh, on our team, I mean, he's our special teams captain, so there's a little bit of growing up right there, first and foremost. He's got to be what the other team players look up to on special teams. But when you look on the defensive side of the ball, we can't have extracurricular stuff. And I think he, what he's recognizing is that's wasted energy too. I mean, when you're sitting there doing the stuff that, you know, he's been more demonstrative in the past with, that takes energy to do that stuff. So you just want to more focus and do your job. Uh, I know he still has it in him, but if it's more controlled, that's probably a good thing for him. All right, that is Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. Speaking of guys who need to control their emotions, it's Morley Scott, play-by-play voice for your green and gold here on 630. Chad, hey, Morley. Hi, Reed. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? Uh, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm doing great. How's, how's your week going? Haven't you been getting up early? Yeah, I've been working. I've been in for Bruce Bowie all week long, so the alarm clock goes in the middle of the night. So I'm been uh, dozing off in the press box at Commonwealth Stadium while I watch practice this week a little bit. So, uh, no, it's been fun. One more morning to go this week, though. Uh, after Thursday, after tomorrow morning, it's all all football getting set for Saturday night. You sound like you got a cold. Yeah, I am. I'm fighting it. Uh, I came home from Winnipeg today. I came home from Winnipeg last week after the Eskimo game. I started to feel it, and it's just been there. And of course, I'm not getting much sleep right now, so. I'm not getting better. I'm playing hurt, Reed. I'm playing hurt. Well, you are tough, Morley. I know that. Well, that's been said. (laughs) Never really meant before, but it's been said before. Yes, uh, exactly. Tell me a little bit about who's banged up here with the greeted gold. I understand a couple guys didn't practice today. Yeah, uh, I guess the good news was Pat Watkins is back and, and practiced today. The Eskimos cornerback, uh, who uh, the guy, the two guys most notable, of course, who did not practice today and are injured. uh, Middle linebacker J.C. Sherritt and guard Matt O'Donnell. Uh, that's the bad news. The good news with that is that after practice today, uh, Coach Jason Moss said absolutely 100% he's not worried about them. So uh, if there's any kind of injury, uh, it is certainly not long-term to either of them. So uh, that's the good news. Uh, it sounded like uh, Moss expects them both to be in the lineup on uh, Saturday night when the Eskimos host the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, the uh, key to that statement will be if they're on the field tomorrow. It's pretty tough to go all week without practicing and then play in the game. Uh, J.C. Sheridan, Matt O'Donnell could probably do it, I'm sure. 
uh, but it's pretty tough to do, and coaches a lot of times don't like that. So uh, we'll see. They all have to be probably on the field tomorrow at practice if they're going to play in the game on Saturday. So who's uh, who's the 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 line the first up linebacker if Lacey Ladler or or Sherrod can't go? Who would slide in? Uh, looks like Donnie Bags. He just signed with the team last week. He signed early last week. Ended up uh, dressing and playing in the game against uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Winnipeg. Um, he's a guy who spent some time in the Dallas Cowboys uh, camp a little bit the last year. Uh, he's from Texas A&M, so he's got a he's got a good history of football. They're a good football team, as uh, as uh, Jason Moss told me last week going into the game in Winnipeg. Uh, he knows he's a good football player because. He played for Texas A&M, so uh, that's what he's got going for him. What he doesn't have going for him is the fact that he just got here. I mean, he got really thrust into the action. Not often you see a guy, especially a guy who's a rookie in the CFL, sign on a on a Monday early in the week and then play that weekend. But that was the case. He played on Thursday night last week, so he's had another week of practice. So he'll be a, a, a step further ahead of everybody and learning the system and learning how the CFL works. If he indeed has to play uh, for J.C. Sherr, it looks like they'll at least be in as a backup and work on some special teams. At the guard position, Chris Greaves will step in and play uh, for uh, Matt O'Donnell. If O'Donnell can't go, he uh, filled that role in Winnipeg when uh, O'Donnell went down during the game last Thursday. So uh, they got uh, one raw rookie for Sherrod and a pretty experienced veteran player in Greaves to step in at, one, at the other injury spot. Wasn't Greaves the one they got from the Bombers last year? Yes, he was. Uh, he was uh, he was acquired from the Blue Bombers uh, about mid-season last year uh, and uh, came over and uh, filled, uh, filled the role well. It was when the Eskimos really had some injury issues on the line. And uh, he came in and uh, he's turned out to be a real good extra guy. I mean, he's a guy with so much experience. I remember uh, Doug Brown, uh, former defensive uh, player, great player for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, now does some work in Winnipeg in the media. And uh, he said uh, the, the, the Eskimos, one of the Eskimos' best offensive linemen is now Chris Greaves. That's how much he thought of, of how well he played. So, yeah, he's a good player. He's a, he's a real great backup, that's for sure. He's a great guy to have kind of up your sleeve and ready to play if you need him. All right. Well, the Eskimos' depth has uh, has been in pretty good shape. Obviously, you don't you don't win a championship without that. Morley Scott, play by play voice for the Green and Gold, joining us tonight as we get you ready for Saturday's game against the Hamilton Tiger Hats. We had Dion Lacey uh, on in the last half hour of the show. I, I asked him about the non handshake with uh, Bo Levi Mitchell from from last year. That kind of got uh, Dion in the spotlight a little bit. I don't know if he if he thought it was going to quite blow up like it did on that day. But, you know, the thing is about Lacey, uh, he can be demonstrative on the field. He he can do some things to draw attention to himself. But, I mean, the guy can back it up. I mean, he, Dion's a, 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 very, a very good football player, and we're not sitting here saying, oh, well, it's no Dexter McCoyle. We're doomed. I mean... Lacey's different than than McCoyle, but he's been a he's been a very he's been very good taking over a position vacated by an excellent player. Yeah, he sure has. He's he's fit in pretty well, as as Jason Osman saying this week. He said that that he had a talk with them, and he said, you know, they got all the confidence in the world in you as you go into this. But this is might be your toughest year in football. You're learning a new position, and you're going to play regularly on an everyday basis. It's something that that he hasn't done uh, in his CFL career and his pro career. So uh, it's going to be a, an adjustment for him. He's done a good job stepping in. He's got a lot of tackles. I kind of miss him on special teams. He hasn't been putting up the special teams tackle numbers that he has. He's still playing on on most special teams, but kind of in a different role. So he's not getting downfield and making all those tackles. He was. The best in the league read the last two years making special teams tackles. Uh, so I, I kind of miss seeing him in that role, but he's been real fun to watch 
as an everyday, every play linebacker. He's uh, he's getting a ton of tackles. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think he leads the Eskimos uh, in tackles, or he's pretty close to that, if not, and, and amongst the leaders in the CFL. So uh, he's fit in nicely and done a great job, and I love his passion. Uh, you know, and, and the handshake thing, he's, he's gone this year, I believe, uh, when I've kind of watched the, the, the coin toss, he's gone this year to, to kind of looking at guys and just patting them on the shoulder and walking away. So he's making contact, but he's still not shaking hands. <laughs> still not uh, exactly shaking hands. Okay, that is, uh, that is interesting stuff. So, Morley, they're 2-1. and one. Um, All the games have been close, as usual, which we expect for, for, from this team. How? Let, let me put it to you this way. In terms of, of the offense, how far along do you think they are? Because I got the sense from talking to Baptiste in Washington on Friday and just from hearing and reading other stuff that there's really the sense that Moss is still putting things in offensively and that they just want to keep building and building. Now, I know every team is going to say that, and every team says, you know, you're always installing new things. But, I mean, the way Baptiste in Washington put it was – Last year, we were a, uh, an introductory university course in offense. Now we're getting to the 300 and 400 level. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's, that's what everyone said to me right from day one. Uh, Darius Bowman, I remember saying, uh, when he, he said, I got I to gotta look at the offense for the first time. And I'm thinking, man, I'm back in school. I got to learn stuff. I got to be ready to go. So it's a very complex, it's, it's a very difficult offense to play for sure. Uh, they're grasping it slowly, and, and Jason Moss has been adding stuff uh, as the weeks have gone by, and I think that's what excites guys, too. They're, it really challenges them in, in a lot of ways, and I think guys are really excited about that. Uh, as far as, as, as how good that offense is, well, the numbers are great right now. I know you know they, they, they put up big numbers in the first two games points-wise, uh, and then they put up really big yardage numbers in the Winnipeg game. Didn't put up the points either, but the most important thing about the offense in that game is they got the points that they needed to win the football game. Uh, I, I love the fact that uh, they can kill you in so many ways. You know uh, they've been great with the with the long bomb and the big strike, uh, setting up touchdowns, scoring touchdowns. But they can also give the ball to John White. They also swing it out to the slot backs for for shorter passes, and, and then maybe get some yak yards after that. Everybody gets involved, and I think that's. That's kind of cool to look at. And, and three games in, Reed, every game has had two 100-yard receivers. Uh, it's been a Darius Bowman for all three games, Darrell Walker twice, and Corey Watson once. So that shows you how it's mixed up when a guy like Corey Watson gets 100 yards. Uh, the game at Commonwealth uh, last time, I mean, he caught that long bomb downfield. He's in a spot where you never saw Corey Watson. His two years as an Eskimo, he was never that deep down the field uh, in the offense. He was always the guy who was running the short routes, was the safety guy, and then was blocking for the other guys. But now he's getting mixed in, and he's playing deep, and uh, Getzlaff has had some deep shots. Nate Kuhorn has really had a couple of deep shots, which uh, he's had trouble hanging on with because uh, hanging on to because the play just hasn't clicked for him. But, I mean, he's another guy getting downfield. So everybody gets an opportunity. As Jason Moss said today, the key to this offense is when you get the chance, you got to take advantage of it because that will really change the perspective of how other teams look at you when you get everybody in that offense as a threat to do something deep or to score. So it, it's going to get better as it goes along. That's, that's pretty exciting. Everyone's pretty excited to see. We, we saw how powerful it was last year with, uh, with the Ottawa Red Blacks and the numbers they put up. So uh, I think this year it's working with probably better athletes and, and, and to a certain extent, some better receivers. So uh, we'll see what, uh, at the end of the day, what kind of numbers they can put up when it's all said and done. So Watson's a Canadian, right? Yeah. So they got Montreal, I believe, yeah. So they're going with three Canadian receivers and just two imports then? 
Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, just uh, just Bowman and uh, Darrell Walker are the imports, and, and uh, it, it's Kuhorn, Watson, and Getzlaff who are also uh, in the mix on a regular basis, and then throw in John White coming out of the backfield a lot, and those are the, the six main guys who are catching footballs from, uh, from Mike Riley. Well, and I guess that allows them to have the uh, the two American guys on the defensive line. Again, referencing Batiste and Washington playing uh, as the two tackles. All right, Morley, I uh, I know you got probably got to get to bed soon, buddy. So thanks for uh, thanks for making time for tonight, man. Anytime, Reed. Glad to talk to you, man. That is Morley Scott, play-by-play voice for the Eskimos, right here on six thirty. Ched, and uh, th- this is a team that I-, I think is still developing offensively. And, look, last year was excellent. There were some magical victories. They they came up clutch. The offense could be very explosive. I mean, they scored 45 points against Calgary in the West Final, but it was often a team that, you know, didn't uh, didn't have a lot of variety to the, to the play calling, um, didn't have a steady running back because of because of the injury to John White, but there was a lot of short pass, short pass, short pass, short pass. All right, now here's a deep shot to Darrell Walker. Certainly, we've seen more uh, more of the team attacking different areas of the field with Jason Moss as the head coach, and that's something I like to see. And and we've seen them dig out of their own end a lot with some big passes. Morley referenced Corey Watson. Well, what happened against Saskatchewan? They're deep in their own end. I think it was second and 14. Long bomb to Watson for 60-plus yards. So more more things are, are working, and I, and I really think the Eskimos feel and the people around the team feel there's a lot more to come with the offense. So let's hope they stay healthy and they, and they keep developing. And quite fr- frankly, I mean, the game against Winnipeg last week, was that Mike Riley's best game in the CFL? Very well might have been. I mean, huge stats, kept drives going. I know the yardage didn't lead the points. Uh, I think some of that was they, they often started deep in their own end and they had to get a few first downs just to just to get out of their own end. The one interception I don't think was, you know, kind of an odd play. Bowman juggled the ball a little bit, wound up in a, in a Winnipeg player's hand. So, and I just think you have a quarterback here who can st- still probably hasn't hit his peak in terms of the, the mental understanding of the game and running this offense and, and and just understanding how it's supposed to be executed. So that's encouraging as well. I'm really encouraged about the Eskimos. I mean, I thought they were going to make the Grey Cup last year. I, I picked Hamilton over Edmonton in the Grey Cup last year. I actually made the same prediction this year because the Tiger Cats are going to get Kalaros back, but I do think the Eskimos are the best team in the West. You can always chime in, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Inside Sports will continue after this break. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Ryan Nugent Hopkins will be at the Celebrity Pro-Am on Monday for the Oil Country Championship. 
Don't forget to bid on the golf package. You can play in the Pro-Am with Jordan Eberle and Grant Fewer. That is right on the homepage. Follow the link on 630ched.com. The current bid, $905. Goes until Friday afternoon at 4. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. This portion of the show is presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or it's free guarantee. Check them out online at Action Furnace. Ca. The uh, week in the CFL will start tomorrow. Calgary at Winnipeg. Ottawa plays Saskatchewan on Friday. Hamilton and Edmonton on Saturday. And then on Monday, yes, on Monday in Toronto, where we thought moving to BMO Field would eliminate odd scheduling. Not quite there yet for the Argos. Uh, Montreal will be at Toronto on Monday. We're going to go to Toronto a little bit uh, later on in the show to talk to our old friend Andrew Walker, who... Uh, Hosts a radio show out there on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. And uh, we'll touch on some Blue Jays stuff who won today. We'll touch on some Maple Leaf stuff. I don't know if... Uh, Bernard, are you a big movie watcher? I would say kind of. Kind of. Have you seen Draft Day starring Kevin Costner? No, I haven't. Uh, earlier today, Andrew Walker was uh, tweeting about Draft Day. I don't know if he was watching it or was watching part of it on, on, on TV. Something like that. Have you done, this is a movie about Kevin Costner plays the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. Hmm. I think it's a couple couple years old. Uh, I would call it a uh, interesting, probably not overly realistic sports movie. Okay, I uh, should definitely check it out. I, <laughs> I don't know if there is a, such a thing as a realistic sports movie, to be honest with you. I wouldn't say, like, I would say not really. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to Andrew about that. I mean, yeah. there's there's sports movies based on real life, like Miracle, where if you watch them, you'd probably say, "I can't." How did that happen? How did this the, these young scrappy Americans beat the Soviet Union? Well, it did actually happen. So I was watching Fox last night, and um, there's a TV show now about uh, baseball. I, I I don't remember what the name is. What's it called? Uh, I I have to search it. Search that up. Well, was it actually a bit a live baseball game you were watching? Possibly. No, no it was it was it was <laughs> hey, actually a show. This is a great show. TV show. This no, is it's the most actually realistic a show. show I've ever seen. <laughs> no, Bernard, that's actually a game. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually a show. So I I'm going to search it up and let you know. <laughs> okay, please do, or people can text six thirty six thirty. I'm not a big TV watcher, so I miss most of pop culture. Somebody, I was getting my hair cut the other day. Chris, lovely young lady. She's been cutting my hair for, for a few years. Uh, and she says to me, so what are you watching on Netflix? And I said, I don't have Netflix. And she, she, like, she was speechless. Like she, I think I actually made her uncomfortable. Okay, that show is called Pitch. Pitch, okay. Yeah. There, there you go. It's a brand new series I, on I Fox. actually think I might have heard of that. And it's about a baseball team. Or is it about baseball wives? It's about... Um... A female baseball pilot. Oh, that's that yeah, one. Yeah, that one. Okay. Uh, a, fe- a, a baseball pilot or a baseball? Well, I'm just looking a at baseball the... baseball player. Player, not pilot. Not a pilot. Yeah, pi- well, player. Well, playing baseball from an airplane, <laughs> that would make a hell of a movie, wouldn't it? That would be oh, amazing. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's the next thing. Airplane baseball. So anyway, uh, Chris says to me, what are you watching on Netflix these days? And I said, I don't have Netflix. And it became in- extremely uncomfortable. Like, I might as well have loudly passed gas. That's sort of what the moment was like. Yes, I am the last person in the world to not have Netflix. or no, I don't have Netflix, nor do I subscribe 
subscribe to any sort of a streaming video service. I've never watched a Netflix show. I haven't watched, uh, you know, House of Cards or whatever it's called. Or uh, Mr. Robot. Is that a Netflix show? It's a show-me show. It's a show-me show. So sh- now show-me is making shows. As anybody can make their own show. So anyway, yeah. uh, Chris, after she got over her horror of me not having Netflix, says she's watching some TV show, some Netflix show named Stranger Things, which I read about and sounds very interesting, and I, I would kind of like it. But hey, I'm going to disclose everybody somebody. I'm too thrifty to spend the $9 a month, and you know what? I don't care what kind of a light that casts me in. Because I'm like, what if I, what if I, this, this is how my mind works. What if I subscribe to Netflix and went a month without using it? There's, that's a waste of $9. So I don't have Netflix. I'm a bit of a weirdo. Canadian Open teeing off tomorrow at uh, Glen Abbey. World number one Jason Day is the defending champ, wants to repeat. I'm very excited to be back here as defending champion, um, trying to uh, win it again and um, having the opportunity to play in front of the great Canadian fans and, and obviously uh, excited to play Glen Abbey again. All right, Jason Day. Saying that uh, really the Canadian Open is where it all started last year. Big springboard for his career. And then he wound up being number one in the world. And don't forget he won the uh, PGA last year. It's amazing how important this event was to me to really get my career going and, 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 and get it off in the right direction that I've always thought it was going to go. All right. We'll be fun watching the Canadian Open. Interesting time for golf. We had the British Open this past weekend. Incredible finish. We got the Canadian Open this weekend. Then they're right into the PGA Championship at Beltusrol. Phil Mickelson uh, won in 2005 when the PGA was there. And then some players are going to play in the Olympics. Uh, we got some Texas 63630. Moneyball with Brad Pitt based on real events. Yes, it is. I've uh, read the book and watched the movie. Good book. Decent movie. I got to love autocorrect. We got a text saying, Do you watch ballets? And then the correction is ballers. That's the one with The Rock, isn't it? Dwayne The Rock Johnson, former Calgary Stampeder. Arthur says, uh, I believe Mr. Robot is on HBO. Well, I definitely ain't paying for HBO. Isn't that like 25 bucks? Yeah, something like that. Uh, And it's on Show Me as well, Mr. Robot. Well, maybe it's a Show Me show. Uh, This texter says, you're the second one to not have Netflix. I was the first one to not have it. Well, thank you for somebody joining me and being a bit of a reject. Alex says, Stranger Things is awesome. You should watch it, read. Don't be a cheapskate and get Netflix. All right. Well, we'll have some fun tonight as we move along. You can text in your favorite non... Uh, your favorite streaming program. So a show that is made by one of the uh, Netflix-style channels, not a traditional TV channel. As we move along... Kevin Carries is going to hop in. Brett Ferguson going to play hockey in France. We'll find out why and how. All coming up. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.